Hey, this is Bill Walton, and you're listening to a Chronicle podcast. Goodman better not be awful, because this is the NBA. We gotta bring the big league stuff. Celebrity boss impersonated because we're too cheap to hire the real person. Well, it has been a long delay, so welcome back to Tim Goodman's TV Talk Machine podcast, episode... Benny, what episode is this? We're episode 33. 33. Yes. What great player was 33? Larry Bird. I was going to say Tony Dorsett. Ah, nice. Nice. Roger Craig. That's right. I'm out. Don't you always do that? I think I learned that from you. Every time you have your birthday, you kind of take on the persona of right. that player. My brother, uh, next year I will be Troy Palomalo. Oh, really? Or this year. This year. Yeah, you have the hair for it, too. I mean, The flowing dreads. The flowing dreads. It has been a very, very long break since we've had the... TV Talk Machine podcast because it was holiday spirit. How was your holiday? It was terrific. It was very family oriented. A lot of uh, quality time with the family. Ugh, that gets old quick. I was I was done after about two days. Yeah, get him out. Get him out of the house. Uh, that, in case you've forgotten, is the dulcet tones of one Joe Garofoli, Chronicle media writer and uh, question boy, and currently Chronicle political writer. Yes, for the, for have, the next month. Yeah, you are really a jack of all trades. And the master of none. Right, <laughs> well, clearly. The hack of all. Hack of all, master of none. They've moved you to the political beat. Yes, because we're reenacting a scene from The Wire where the budget cutbacks <laughs> at a major metro paper force people to do jobs that they're, uh, you know, other jobs. We are going to be getting into The Wire <laughs> extensively in this, uh, in this 33rd podcast because it's not only is it the greatest show that's ever been on television but it's also timely started up on sunday and there's a media element which i find you know very interesting and, and we find very interesting yes we're because we because we're living it we're living <laughs> it we are living it in more ways than you can possibly imagine uh let's see you know i will let me recap on the and we should probably tell listeners hello five people <laughs> gather you. around we'll send a cab for you gather right around now. okay so uh, no we should tell them that uh because of our long delay, we don't have that many questions or calls because a lot of them just were not pertinent anymore. So we have some actual information here uh, and topics, if you would. When, when did we change the policy to not air calls that are no longer <laughs> pertinent? Is this a new change for 2008? 2000. Let's, let, yeah, let's, let's stay current. Let's not get so moldy in 2008. Excellent. But we're, I still I feel like I'm a little off my game. I showed up here in uh, no robe. Uh, no what, what's what? Oh my god! I know you did wear. Well, you a robe. frightened Benny. I know. I'm actually. In, I'm actually in a pair of uh, uh, uncomfortable cock blocking Levi's. <laughs> oh, oh! Wow. No. I wonder if that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna pass the censors. Well, it's they're not. As, it's not as comfortable as wearing a shorty robe. Why should that matter with you, anyways? What is, oh, nice. <laughs> how's your How's your shorty robe? What I'm going it? with the flannel for winter. You know. Ah, yeah, that's good. That's a good choice. Kind of, kind of fur-lined on the bottom, the hind parts. <laughs> or wait, or is that... Yeah. Oh, hind parts. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you know what? I like that. Uh, that goes with puppet hole, hind parts. I'm going to start talking about people's hind parts pretty soon. That's nice. Very nice. Uh, I just want to go back ever so briefly about our break and say that, uh, you know, we have a, uh, probably an unhealthy an overly curious uh, love of Bill Walton, which you absolutely fueled, essentially. You got me onto it. I love Bill Walton. Yeah. Love hearing him. <laughs> cannot hear enough of And you made the brilliant link to Santa Claus and in... Um, it's from... Which, which um, Christmas tale was it? Uh, Santa Claus is from uh, Rudolph the Red Rudolph, Red yes. Yes. Oh, Rudolph. Oh, Rudolph. 
what are you doing? And so, so it, it, I was stunned by the connection to that. And of course, that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And we're being dated here. We're talking about Christmas in January. But Mrs. Cranky Pants would first started rolling her eyes and then just outward, outwardly would not let me be Santa to the kids or talk to the kids in the Santa voice because she just said, ah, that's just Bill Walton. So you were banned from, from talking like yeah, Santa to I, your kids? Uh-huh, because I'd say, you kids are not going to get anything but coal. <laughs> what, a, what kind of behavior is this? That's three-year-old behavior. <laughs> this is elementary school. You've, if you're going to be a kid, you've got to bring it. So uh, I, you know, I, I was doing variations of that, and she just said, no, that's Bill Walton. It's not, it's not Santa Claus. <laughs> I think there's a Christmas special in that. The year Santa, <laughs> Santa as Bill Walton was banned at my house. <laughs> it would add only to a long string of Christmas time failures at the Good oh, House. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, you know, we could do a whole show on and that. I've, and I've changed that in my grown-up years. Nothing but happiness. And big trees, lots of presents. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's uh, topic du jour. Let's start with the ever-present. We're entering week 10, as people will hear this, of the uh, Writers Guild of America strike. What do you think? Well, I think people are soon going to start to notice it. Based on the column that you read from me in the paper today. Absolutely. Excellent work. Did you make it through the jump? Did it jump? <laughs> uh, you know what? This, the series, in all seriousness, this is the week, because <clears throat> a couple of things are important. By the time people listen to this, they'll have known already, but we're recording this on a, a Monday in double secret silence, and uh, you know, we're, this is, we, we tape... We tape in the pod. The podcast cave is a very secret area in the crawl. Yeah, you can't is, get there. No, you have to know the passwords. Yeah, a lot of upper management drones are not allowed to come in this area. They don't even know where it is. Well, first of all, most of them can't even download a podcast. So <laughs> no, and most of them wouldn't know our names anyway. <laughs> which is good for us. Yeah. John, excellent work, John. So we're down in the cave taping this on a Monday, but this week already we've seen the return of Daily Show with John Stewart and The Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert. How, you know, we're a little early on this, but how, how do you think that this is going to play out? And because and, and, those, those are really writer heavy shows. Very writer heavy, very, very heavy on taking the, the events of the day. I mean, they often use events that happen that day, especially on the uh, Daily Show, and spin them into comedy. And, uh, you know, John Stewart's a funny guy. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> this will be a real test to see if he can do that uh, on his own. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I probably haven't. I was really curious last week when the uh, late night host came back, and we'll get to the, that in a minute as well because I'm sure you have some comments on that. I'm sure you were spending some time away from the political campaign, and uh, I was watching that. Now yes. that you're in the po- politics, but you probably yeah. had to watch Huckabee. Watch the Huckabee thing. Yeah, he's on everybody's show now. He's like on uh, well, Letterman know, now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, bet the bank on him. No, I know Huckabee. He's he's a, he's an early early pony. Right. Out of the gates yeah. early. He's gonna he's a fader. Yes. The person who's won the Iowa caucus has only won, non-incumbent, has only won the presidency once in the Ooh. last 35 years. And who would that be? Uh, George W. Bush. Oh, for Christ's sake. So it's really, it's, <laughs> I don't care about politics. I really, it's funny that you're interested in that because I'm not interested in politics at all. I loathe talking about it. All right. Well, we'll stop right now. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I'm interested in both of those shows because they're really uh, uh, writer heavy. And I think there's going to be an initial... Uh, interest from from viewers to kind of see how Stuart and Colbert, who are oh, a bottomless thirst for that stuff, oh, especially right yeah. now, and they, and they must be going out of their minds. They've been yeah. out of work for two months. They went dark the very first night, November fifth of the strike. There's been so much. I mean, not just I mean, just Huckabee alone is like ten oh, shows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's so much. I mean, 
Obama and and and, and, right. and apparently the Romney stuff. Oh, I mean, they could they could go to town on any of these lot guys. Lot of upsets for, you know, and and yeah. and just making fun of Iowa in general and Ron Paul. They, I mean, oh, they, I mean, yeah. they, there's Ron all Paul. kinds of great storylines for. And them. now they're in New Hampshire, correct? Yes, that's correct tomorrow. Me if I'm wrong. Tomorrow, right? Which would be Tuesday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yesterday was New Hampshire. You have to you have to remember, question boy, that some people are listening to this while they do their shopping. And remember in the vegetable aisle, right? The one from the East Bay, right? Some people are da- have downloaded this and burnt it to a. Oh, CD. that carrot looks terrible. <laughs> Don't buy those carrots. Uh, do you buy carrots? Who does I, the I, shopping the, in your family? Me. Do you really? Absolutely, I do all the shopping. I always see your wife at the grocery store. Wow, that's just on a T-ball. Wow, I would have turned on that. Okay, <clears throat> wife jokes aside, let's move on. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to, to see those two shows. Maybe more so than the late night hosts coming back because I liked, of all the late night sh- hosts that came back, I like Conan because it seemed like he seemed to be like, floundering, maybe even purposely floundering, but he's just having kind of more fun with the idea of like not having a net, whereas Letterman already had, Letterman and Ferguson, I'm not a big fan of Ferguson, but uh, Letterman and Ferguson already had their writers because of the side deal they cut with the uh, WGA. Uh, Kimmel, I liked, uh, I thought was very funny, but uh, I was really hoping the person who I don't like the most, obviously, this is anybody who's ever read me, is Leno. I don't yes. really like Leno. So uh, I was really hoping that he'd come out and be winging it because the guy can wing it. He's a comic. Absolutely. He's a stand up comic, as you said in your, in your column, hardest working man in, in stand up comedy. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, he, just, he just lame. Oh, it was mundane. And, but I think Conan works best because he. I mean, he's always awkward. He's always he's not a stand-up comic. He's a writer, so he's always had that sort of uncomfortableness with his performance. Right. And so I think it was less noticeable with him. The beard thing when they both came out back the oh, first yeah. night was with beards was was kind of, kind of creepy. Beards. Yeah. yeah. Um, Letterman Letterman show was really political. I yeah. mean, you, I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, he, he spent there were several bits that were kind of like. Uh, Saying in essence, you know, the, the producers are greedy pigs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that part was and good. It's a lot of support for the writers, and it was, I mean, it was an exceptionally political show. And I thought Robin Williams was very funny that Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, I, I, it's funny because I got asked this on KFOG uh, that, uh, you know, are, because you're a writer, do you inherently uh, support the writers and, and, and are you biased? Or, well, you know, well, they pay me to be biased, but, uh, or at least they pay me to have an opinion, I guess, one way. Do they pay me? They don't pay me enough. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Nothing extra for this. <laughs> They're cock blocking my bank account. <laughs> oh, you can say that. I think I don't want to think about the chronicle and my yeah. at all. <laughs> oh, now that's gonna be that's that's. Here's our pullout quote uh, for the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where I was. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> I was just I a, a left turn in my. Would you stop saying that? I, I think it's okay to say cock block, but you can't say, you know, it's just, you know, I think, I think in the pop culture world, cock block is more of a, is like a term. Well, it's one of the seven, isn't one of, that one of the seven dirty words? <laughs> Good work, Benny. <laughs> ben, Benny's choking on his recoil. Cocker <laughs> is yes. uh, one of the seven dirty words. Ah, oh, so we might be okay. Benny just has to, he's going to have to bleep himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we should also, you know, again. <laughs> when he's manning the knobs, he often bleeps himself. <laughs> he is manning the knobs. And it, we could just say, I don't know. I don't Whatever. Know. You can't That's say anything. It. Move just on. Really move on. Gone. But let me just get in here that, that, that Manny, sick all of last week, sick probably the week before that, sick now in just infecting us yeah. with stuff, couldn't go to uh, cover CES. 
because he's the he's a tech I'm guy. I'm bummed about that. Oh, right, man. should be in Vegas right now. You should be in Vegas yeah. reporting on that. But yeah. but you made it to work. I'm going to give him a lap dance, just just you know for what he's missed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the, don't forget to really work your hindquarters. <laughs> it was hindquarters, right? Absolutely. Okay. Hind parts, oh, I think. I hind, said. Parts. hind parts. Hind parts. Hind quarters is not as funny. Hind parts is better. We'll have to go back and check the transcript. All right. So all those guys came back. I, I actually like the nervousness of Conan because it's just I don't want to see if they're not going to have writers. I don't want to see somebody so calm and scripted. And, of course, the big controversy is uh, Leno wrote his monologue, which you can't. You can't do that. They're in a battle now because the WGA says you can't do that. It was just as stale as ever. Nah, it was just as stale and as unfunny as ever. I think it would have probably been funnier had he just pulled it off the top of his head. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know what they need right now? They should just roll Rickles out every night. And yeah. just have him. Rickles never writes anything. He just, he just riffs on with the audience. I would, I would pay to see... Rickles guest host until the strike's over. Yeah, that's not about. I think they should go heavy with uh, have because a lot of now, now this is another big issue, and, and and I think this will play out possibly this week or the next week because I think people are going to get fed up this week. In fact, when you listen to this podcast, you can probably see it on the night you listen to this Thursday night. Uh, there's going to be a crossover where Jimmy Kimmel's going to go on Conan. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Kimmel's going to go on Leno's show, and Leno's going to go on Kimmel's show. Now. I don't know how much anybody's been reading stuff that I've written before or any knowledge of what Kimmel and Conan are. Those guys are cats and dogs. That, that they're together because based on the fact that the WGA gave an exemption to Letterman, which I totally think was a big mistake. Getting those guys together, A, is I'm just astounded that they're doing it. But B, it just shows you that you know, you're, you're not going to have any cohesion in the WGA if you keep making these decisions. Well, they cut their own deal. I mean, they're the production company. Right. They're they're entitled to do that. I didn't have a real problem with that. I mean, but if the the writers want to, you know, if they feel confident in that and they got the terms that they wanted to, that's good for them. Right, it's, but I think maybe it, it's an example. Maybe it's a long term strategy. Thinking, okay, uh, we have a we have a deal with these guys, and maybe it'll inspire, and and then their show will stand out from others. And then you know how Hollywood is. If the one person does something, it's successful. Everybody does it. Right. And now they're starting know. to cut these deals on the film side. It's something mm-hmm. else I reported today, or it's been out there, but I just mentioned it in my column that, you know, that they're going to cut these deals with UA and a couple of, and possibly some um, some other independent film productions. And but you know, as I pointed out, it sets this standard that's not going to be fair to the writers. Morale in a strike is really important. Absolutely. And if the so Conan and Kimmel, Conan Kimmel and Leno's writers are on the street holding the picket sign, while their buddies who are writing for for uh, Ferguson and, and Letterman are getting paychecks. That's not fair. Mm. So, what do you think? Okay, let's say we have a week of Colbert and, and Stewart. Right. And it's like, it's low, it stinks. Right. It doesn't stink, but it's Probably just mediocre. Stink, it won't yeah. stink. It won't stink. Those I guys are so funny. If it's mediocre right. and it's not worth watching, what happens then? Well, I think the loyal fans will watch because there's nothing else to watch. There's just that element. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the novelty is going to wear off. I, I can't wait to see these guys riff. You know? But I said that with the late night host, and I, I wasn't that thrilled with the production, except for Conan kind of falling all over himself, but, uh, and Kimmel a bit. But I think the novelty of, of Stewart and, and Colbert doing their own stuff will probably wear off, and we'll want the writers back. We'll want these kids back. But I have no idea what, what, how they're going to get around it, what they're going to do. There's some ways to sort of tweak the WGA guidelines, which will, you know, because... Conan, can, or, comedy Stewart, can they cut their own deal? 
No, it's a. Uh, uh, they're a Viacom. Yeah, they're a struck yeah. company, so they can't they can't do it. And and those and they don't own their own shows like Letterman does. But I, again, I think the WGA thing is 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 bad. But what we're going to see here, we have this cross thing where we have Kimmel and, and Leno coming together, is they're going to be without a list celebrities because the celebrities are not going to cross those picket lines. So they're all going to go to to Letterman and Ferguson to a lesser extent, and um, so you're going to they're kind of an unfair playing field and and. If SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, holds steady, which I think they will, and I think there's probably going to be an announcement today. Maybe by the time you hear this, it's old news. But, man, they have got, the writers have got to shut down the Golden Globes. If they cancel the Golden Globes this year, that's a big step. If they don't get that shut down, that's a blow to their, their things. But I'm sure that uh, you will miss uh, – you're a big fan of uh, – I love the Golden Globes. Yes. <clears throat> I, I do, As, too. And I think we like it primarily for one reason. Drinking. Drinking and low cut dresses. Yes, when you mix champagne with starlets, oh, it's good, just, good things happen. That's a cocktail, yeah. right there. <laughs> it is. A, it's a it's a delicious cocktail. <laughs> oh, wow, get off! You know, all right. Here, here's the other thing too that I like about uh, uh, Golden Globes. It's really the only show I really like to watch, but they do have to shut it down. And the, reason, the only reason it's good is because of champagne. Oh, why don't they do that in all the you awards? Got to. And yeah, I'm, by the way, not to just talk about TV here. You want to talk about champagne for a minute? Every I spent a lot of the, my uh, Christmas time drinking a lot of mimosas, which is uh, really? it's the elegant morning drink. <laughs> You're drinking. How many mornings did you drink it? Oh, a lot. Really? Yeah, it's it's very it's very festive. It's the uh, elegant morning drink. <laughs> oh man, time for intervention, <laughs> I think, for you, my friend. No, I was just, I was going for the quick joke. But no, they're going to shut that down. I don't think that's going to happen. And um, then, I think we started getting into the really difficult parts, because you got a couple of shows, well, the, well, the Wire came back, obviously, they weren't unaffected. A lot of the shows you're going to see in mid-season, like uh, uh, Terminator, Term- Terminator, the Sarah Con- Connor Chronicles, those were all filmed uh, before the strike, kept on the bench, Cashmere Mafia, same thing. Lipstick Jungle, the same thing. Lost, the same thing. They're all going to be coming back in uh, January and February. So we're going to have this influx of new shows, and people are going to say, well, what writer strike? I don't really feel any pain And let's here. not forget the greatest show of all. Yes. The Wire. Oh, God, you've got to have The Wire. We, we need to talk a little bit about let's The Wire. Let's talk about The Wire. Yeah. Well, this year's, uh, as you said, this year's season centers on the media. The media, yes. And so, uh, the talks about sort of, they, they've chronicled how the school system is dying. And, yeah, and drug war first. Yeah. Drug war and uh, uh, institutional failure, the overall theme. Right. Uh, drug war in season one. Mm-hmm. Season two was... Uh, the docks. The docks, the, the decline manu- of the American, uh, major American base. cities. Yes, exactly. Blue collar was third season. Uh, politics, uh, crumbling in uh, politics and, and uh, corruption. Season four, the schools, the schools, powerful. And then, as Simon has said, and how can you do all of that if you're if you're accurate in depicting all of these things that are happening in a major American city? But how could that story not be told? So then it was natural to come back to the media. I'm yeah. excited because you know we're both journalists, yeah. And, yeah. and it's and it, as uh, many of our listeners may know, David Simon, former reporter, longtime cop reporter, yeah, 13 years I think at the Baltimore Sun. Yeah, so he knows what he's talking about. He knows you know the 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 ins and outs of a newsroom. And I've only seen the first one. You've seen, what, seven, seven episodes? I've seen seven of ten. And, and uh, he's nailed it. I mean, he nails the rhythms of it. Uh, we were just talking a little bit earlier about some of the very inside baseball stuff. Might be a little bit off, but, but you know, it's for a story. But it's he's got the rhythms of it right. He's got the um, just the, the conversations of it right. And even the politics, the internal politics yeah. of, a, of a media company, he's got that right. That's kind of the day-to-day, what you do, what you have to do. To uh, to get the product out, 
Uh, yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's be fun to watch. I hope it's not too inside baseball for the readers, but then again, that's the beauty of the wire. That's the beauty, and the, and the thing is, you know, even uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, one of the novelists, Lehane, was saying, you know, he, he was kind of trying to tell them not to tell the story of Carchetti and, and the politics because he thought it might be too boring. But then that's when he said, I didn't understand that The Wire takes sort of these mundane institutions and, and writes up, and that's the beauty of it. You explore big picture, difficult subjects. And I don't think that uh, journalism is going to be too... Ins- and, and of course, the stories that they are telling uh, are accessible to, to the viewers. But boy, he... Just like he nails cops, just like he... I mean, I can't get, tell you how many emails I get from cops who say he's got it right. Uh, people in the juvenile justice system say he's got it right. And I don't get many letters from drug slingers, but I'm sure he's got that right as well. He has definitely got the journalism part right. And, um, you know, for me, uh, you and I go way back together, uh, and we have so many hilarious stories about what's happening in a newsroom from just from managing editors who, who we've worked with for five years, get, not only getting our, our names wrong, but... Confusing the two of us. Yes. Yes. And we're nothing alike. Yes. Uh, You're the untalented one of the two, <laughs> just in case you'd forgot that part. And I'm the taller one. <laughs> yeah, the taller one. So I, th- I thought it's great. It's, and I'm anxious to see how he integrates all three, all four storylines, I guess. Yeah. Well, one of the, th- and just to continue on the media thing, that I'll tell you what I liked about it is the news, the first time I've ever seen a newsroom get right. I mean, just everything from the, the, what they're using on their screens, what you know, exact programs we're using here at the Chronicle, how the, their desks are littered and messy, and stuff that they, you know, Peter Hartlob, who's our pop culture critic, was saying the same thing about like, you know, just little things like, you know, losing their foreign desk, and, and so having that area not be populated, but not changing it, and not being able to paint over the fact that it says foreign and nobody's actually there, uh, to <clears throat> like sticking up like either good or bad stories on the wall so that we can all laugh at them as we walk by. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I used to work at the now defunct Peninsula Times Tribune uh, in the sports department had this great wall where every time they ran a story, and there's many of them, and you could just find them anywhere, where a sports writer said, what a difference a day makes or a week makes or a year makes. <laughs> we used to have one of those when I was in Milwaukee for winds of change. Oh, How many times? Winds of oh, change. Oh, yeah. A headline or anything. So hack. Yeah. So the, uh, newsrooms are full of like putting up hacky stuff that gets in not only to our papers, but everybody's paper. And so I loved that wall, which was what a difference this makes, you know. Uh, and also the really wall of shame when somebody leads their story. Webster's defines oh, uh, just yes, the Webster's yes. lead is oh, one of the, the worst, worst ever. But I like that they in the wire they they nailed uh, they nailed the newsroom perfectly well. And a um, couple of things I like is that Clark Johnson, formerly mm-hmm. Meldrick from Homicide: Life in yes. the Streets, and also one of the uh, directors on the wire, he directed the very first episode of the wire ever, and he will d- direct the very last episode mm-hmm. of this season. It's great to see him back in a role as an actor rather than just a uh, director. And he's so good as, as Gus, as Gus Haynes, the city editor. He's a guy that you follow into battle. Yeah. He's one of those guys where two or three layers above him on the wire, but they're just incompetent, you know, idiots. And, and clueless who are not really in touch with the street. Right. This guy, and he still cares. He has a lot of passion, but still has a, has a bit of a world weariness about him, and he, and he knows the way the game's played, but he hasn't given up yet. And, the, and, he, and he fits in with that sort of uh, litany of wire characters who are still passionate, still care about what they're doing, about their jobs. Right. But there's 
facing the 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 foot of the boot of the man above them. Oh yeah, saying you know, and everything's just coming down. Less with more, more with less is was the headline of that. And who hasn't been in the newspaper business been involved in in buyouts and cutbacks and right. downsizing or the education uh, or schools or the uh, law law enforcement? Yeah, I mean the, to have all these guys battling these lack of money and proper funds, it's just really tying in beautifully in the wire. Um, but you know, you're you're also our media writer. I'm wondering, yes. you should actually follow some of this because there's a lot of interesting, you know, media self obsession now with uh, the wire covering itself. This is, could be the very first really accurate portrayal of a newspaper yeah, newsroom. Yeah. I was going to uh, wait till a couple episodes come out. Yeah, I mean, and and it, and it goes in in a real an unflattering way. Uh, you know, people might not pick up all the little details in the newsroom, which I love, but. Uh, the storylines that are going to come out <clears throat> about the Baltimore Sun there, I can't believe they allowed them to use their name. I honestly can't. Yeah, I don't understand how that worked. I mean, well, they, they, I think he probably said, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna to use something else that'll look just like the Sun. You might as well let me do it. You know, I've been talking about the Sun for four seasons. I've shown the Sun newspaper. Um, so they, gave, they signed off. They said they would use, uh, they did two things. Let them use the name without any need to pre-look at scripts. And they allowed uh, the director, set directors and set builders of The Wire to recreate um, a good portion of the Baltimore Sun newsroom. Yes, which they captured that newsroom quality of you know, horrible lighting and sick horrible building lighting. syndrome yeah. uh, waiting to happen. Yeah, it just, it's just great. And, and again, Clark Johnson as, as Gus Haynes quickly become one of my favorites. I love in the, in the first episode, which just aired Sunday, and repeated throughout this week if you want to catch up on it, how he protects... Uh, he protects his yeah. reporters. You know, he's like, "We caught it." He catches himself saying, "We caught it," and he says, "Oh no, so and so caught it," at the tail end of the meeting. And it's great how he has to battle the upper management, which is a little more in tune with the ownership and profits and margins than they are with life on the street and dealing with your actual reporters. So I think this is going to be a a real great look at the wire. All right, what next? What next? Uh, well, let's. Are, are you, we going to read letters now or not? Let's somewhere? let's 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 do a letter and we'll and then we'll close after we do that. We'll we're gonna talk a little bit about bringing in question a question girl. We have one Ooh, in line. Yes, yes. A live in studio. Question. Live in studio. She will be here. Wow. Okay. This first one is from uh, Sandy in Walnut Creek, California, aka Earl, the Creek. The Creek. Tim Goodman. Did you happen to watch any shows on NBC Thursday night? If you did, then I would be interested in what you thought of the Icon Advertising, a new reality program, Clash of the Choirs, on oh, next Monday night. This is one of our dated letters, but that's okay. We're good. That icon remained the lower left corner of the screen the entire night, and to me, after a while, it became a huge distraction. It was... Just playing tacky. And rather than wanting me to see the program, I'm totally turned off now. No wonder NBC has the worst ratings of the four networks. I'm fading into Rouges again. <laughs> I wonder if you feel the same way as I do, as I've seen that icon every minute on every show, except, of course, during commercials. I can understand showing it for maybe 30 seconds after the commercials, but what is NBC thinking? Leaving that annoying icon on the screen the entire evening. What would the chances be of somehow getting the FCC to put a time limit on how long those icons advertising future programs can stay on the screen. Do you think this would be something you would want to devote a column to? Well, no. Sandy, thanks. Sandy from one of them. <laughs> well, no, because that's more work for me. I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> she, wants, she wants federal intervention on behalf of the she icons. She does. Well let's, wait, well, let's not jump to a conclusion, Sandy, because uh, this, this is your Achilles heel. Sandy could be a man or a woman. Yes. Oh, right? I know. I always... Sandy Tatum, a lot of... A lot of Sandys that are men. 
Sandy Duncan. <laughs> Sandy Duncan's not a man. Huh? Oh, I was, I was throwing out a woman. Oh, a woman. Yeah, okay. Could be a woman too. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> I think what Sandy's saying, he or she, is that the what they call icons, he or she is being cock blocked <laughs> by the icons, and they can't see their program. Yes. That this is, it was it's network cock blocking. <laughs> Manny's gonna Manny Benny Bernie. He's gonna work this down. Yeah. This will be a seven minute podcast. It will. Yeah. Oh God. But you know what? Block will make it. Block yes. will not be cut. Um, you know what? I, those are called bugs, not icons, and it's really annoying. God, I feel like I have deja vu. Did we answer this question last I week? I think someone else, she might have even asked that You before. know what? It could he, be a pressing question. Uh, maybe could, there's a groundswell of anger about the... People don't like the bugs. You know, uh, it was interesting last night... We have night, answered this question before. Yeah. But maybe not the specific one. Last, uh, last night, the CNN reran the ABC debate, oh, which I God. know you were watching. Um, and so there was like dueling... Slu- or two, whatever these things are called, dueling. So it was the CNN oh, and then the bug. over ABC bug. Oh, the bug and the both bugs like, on d- there. Like double bugs. Ah, oh, that's why. Just... So I hope Sandy didn't watch that. I hope because Sandy might have blown up yeah. Synapse. I like at the end how he or she says, "Would you devote a, devote a call to this?" <laughs> Clearly, she doesn't know my work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a wire question from Lizzie. All right. Parts Lizzie. unknown, as they say in our Oh, she said parts unknown? Friends and, no, she didn't say that. But. Come on, Lizzie. Identify where you're from. That's what they say in professional wrestling. From parts unknown, <laughs> the red demon. Hi, Tim. I've decided to attempt to achieve my New Year's resolution to quit smoking by watching The Wire again from the beginning so I can soak up as much pleasure in the fifth season as possible. Well, good thing she's not watching Mad Men. Oh, my God. But <laughs> you, can never, you can never quit smoking. <laughs> I want to start smoking. Right, exactly. I just rewatched the first two and wanted to point out a couple things so, so to someone who could appreciate them. Okay. When the detail, and this is a, look at this. When the detail is first setting up in the basement office, one of the old drunk guys that doesn't last long is bitching about wanting overtime and says, cases go from red to black by way of green. Oh. In season five, episode one, Kima makes the exact comment saying, someone told me once that. That's right. That happened in this past episode. Mm-hmm. Cases uh, for people unfamiliar with that, uh, if there's a murder, it go, uh, it puts get put up on on the board as red, and once it's solved, it goes to black. And so the idea is, you got to pay, got to pay us for the overtime to solve these crimes. Very isn't nice. Little uh, Goodman trivia, weren't you? Isn't your name up there once? And was that in Homicide? Did they put didn't they put up names of TV critics? Or they something? did actually. I want to know. I can't remember. I should go back on that. That would be Homicide. Daniels is here's another one. Daniels is bitching to the, to Prez's commander about having to pick him up for the detail. Valchik comes up and the other guy says, I don't know, he's connected with the Democratic seat in the first district. Two seasons before we get, ever meet Carcetti. Christ. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's impressed by the foreshadowing, yes. the level of detail in how this show is put together. Yeah. Uh-huh. We have two more uh, fine points of detail here. The cop who gets in the fight outside the Western in season five, episode one, the one with the brown hair, he also yells at Carver in that meeting about not being able to pay all his bills. He's the cop of the scene of the Gantt murder in the first episode. Whew. Someone's uh, working their TiVo in overtime. Wow. Like slow did, uh, did Lizzie, uh, is Lizzie, uh, like uh, Benny was talking about being sick, watching a lot of TV. Maybe Lizzie was uh, either that or had a long I think vacation. she go back to smoking. <laughs> you know, it's an obsessive thing. She's probably obsess- you know, obsessively yeah. watching, re-watching Absolutely. the shows. In the second episode, Daniels is talking to Marla about how he should um, approach the case, if he should get in and get out quickly or if it's a real case. She says, the game is rigged. Which is one of the is la- mm-hmm. was was the last things we ever hear Bodie say to McNulty in the park before he dies. That's right, and that was a great scene too. 
There are other gems looking back now. First scene with Daniels and Rhonda is awesome when you know what will happen years to come. Same with the moment between Stringer and D'Angelo's baby mama. I forget her name now. Plus McNulty meeting Bubs, Bodie, etc. So much fun in the weeks to come. Lizzie. Wow. Lizzie, good knowledge of The Wire. And yes, Incredible Liz, Lizzie brings up one of my favorite aspects of The Wire. And that is great lines will be repeated throughout the five seasons by different characters. And it's kind of an in-joke for those of you watching it. But also, a lot of times, it's someone has said something to someone who later says, who remembers it and later says it to somebody else. Just, just really great That's, stuff. Uh, what the, Simon has laid out the arc for these shows years in advance, but sometimes... I mean, how often does he that knew, happen? Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that's a level of intricacy that he, you couldn't even do when you were, even if you're mapping out a series. Do you think that happens on Everyone Loves Raymond? <laughs> I think, according to Jim, mapped out so many of its callbacks uh, in advance because it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And it wouldn't be a new year without hearing from our old friend, George D. For the, the 415! Sir Tim, question boy, Nobby, possibly question girl. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, George D. Hope you all had some happy holidays. In honor of The Wire's return, my question to you is simple enough. Which season's intro do you like the best? I mean, no disrespect to Tom Waits on his own song, but my favorite is the Blind Boys from Alabama's version of Way Down in the Hole from season one. But visually, that's odd to put with the Blind Boys, but Uh I am a fan of the current season's intro. What do you all think? Uh, I like the new intro of the seasons because I love, you know, I'm I'm... uh, you know, as much as I, I get down on our profession, I love to see newspapers coming off the rack. I love no, no, to see I, that. I, I think he's talking about the music. Yeah, he is, but he's talking about the, he also said the visuals. Of, so right. I love the visuals of the new one. Yeah. Um, my favorite is, I, you know, I got to go with the original. I'm a Tom Waits I, fan. I, absolutely. I don't I, like I the season. That. I, that's one you don't like was, the Steve Earle no, one? I don't like it. I actually like the Steve Earle one this season because it, it, I, it's, it's, it's Waitsian, but it's, the meter of it is a little quicker. Yeah, and so he finds a little more melody in there. Um, ah, I just like it. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, like, I'm not into it. I gotta say, but it, it, one episode. We'll see. I know. I've I'll, seen seven. Maybe it'll grow on you. I do like how they've changed the newspapers and how that's mm-hmm. coming down. Yeah. And ah, just love it. And I always I can sing that song. I only sing that song as uh, Bill Walton being way singing. down in the <laughs> hole. You can walk in the garden. <laughs> oh, you you better watch your back. This is. This is a professional league, Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph, you're, you're going to get gunned down in the streets with that red nose. <laughs> uh, you know, has it occurred to you yet, or, or Manny, has it occurred to you yet, we've got nothing. This is the emptiest part. Well, we had, is, some, we had some commentary in the ah. first part, but the, is there any, are there any calls or not? We have had some thi- we've, had, we've had thin podcasts before. And, w- and somebody called us out one time for having nothing one week. Yeah. We had some opinion. We had some paid professional opinion. Yeah, here. opinions this week. Actually, we're looking forward on some stuff. We're a little dusty though, just because it's been a long layoff. We got any calls? We do have some calls. Oh, right. really? Oh, 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 oh okay. Bring. Let's get to it. Hello, Tim. This is uh, Jeremy from Portland. I'm calling with a TV dinner-related question. <laughs> what was your favorite Swanson TV dinner? <laughs> um, I like Salisbury steak a lot. Especially when it came with the brownie and maybe some mashed potatoes. Uh, of course, all the peas and carrots and crap got all mixed up into the, like the apple uh, pie, if you got the apple pie. I really hated that turkey slices that were like 
made out of soy cardboard or some crap. I'm having trouble keeping my four-letter words in check here. I, I guess it's not TV, but uh, I don't want to offend your audience. Um, so what what TV dinners do you like? you like the tater tots? Yeah, you like the hot pockets? Uh, uh, the... Uh, corn dogs, frozen pretzels, um, microwave jello. Let me know. I'll talk to you. Bye. Oh, oh, well, wow. it might be my favorite call ever. That that could be. I know right now the Chronicle marketing department is <laughs> is uh, is very happy about the demographic we're attracting. <laughs> you know, I like that call because that was there was a real persistence to that. Because just yeah. when you thought he was going to run out of material to spoof about this, the Swanson's dinner, he really kept going. With Deep a real and good knowledge. I agree with him, knowledge. frankly. I frankly agree with him. I go Salisbury steak, A1. A really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just, oh, my God, that was funny. Oh. That, was, that was as funny as the, the call about the woman going to the dark place was, as ter- <laughs> was terrifying yeah. and harrowing. And the, and, the, uh, and the person falling down the stairs. Oh, another that was classic. A, that was another great one. You know, we, we air pretty much... A, Everything and I love that this this is a TV. It's just perfect for this podcast because really we've got we're we're in the periphery of television. We've really got nothing, but we're just except for talking about the wire, which is great. But excellent call from Portland. Absolutely. I'm going to go. Thank you, um, Jeremy. I'm going to go just to answer the question because that's what we try to do here. Is usually we forget to answer them, but I'm going to say, does it count with the chicken pot pie? Does that count as a Swanson's? No, that's not. That's a um, a pot pie. I think it's the the dinner where you the got actual the, you combinations. Yeah. God, I just. But that wasn't frozen dinner. Was, was, was it? Yeah. It was, but was it with with the, the but pot pie come a, with like the you know everything like the no, peas no, and the corn think, and stuff like that? Because that's inside that's a separate. It. It's a, yeah. Yeah. You had to heat it up. Oh, it came mean, in a box. Okay, I'm thinking of like the plates. You know. Yeah, like I think you might be thinking of the plate. Dinner. It doesn't have a plate. No. I got to tell you, I didn't eat many, much plate. I'm I'm white collar. <laughs> I've made some money in my time. <laughs> and back in college, I just ate burritos. So you know, that was essentially it. That's right. It's a West Coast thing. Maybe they don't eat as much Swanson. Uh, oh, he's in Portland dinners. though, so it's. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. But I, maybe I'll eat one just for old times' sake. Why don't we have one for lunch today? Why we should? Why not? All right, we got another call. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hell no! But you'll ship them out to any other mother. Oh, wow! Was there any more? That was it. I think that was a delivery <laughs> question. I think that was going to the. That was going to the Chronicle delivery. Oh, maybe. There's a lot of if that was. There's a lot of beeps in this show. Are we on now? Somebody, <laughs> somebody cock blocked his home delivery. <laughs> That's now a choice on the Chronicle menu. Yes, yeah, plus <laughs> three if your home delivery has been cock blocked. <laughs> right after wet paper. I swear to God, every time paper I got in the rain was wet. You know what? Why? As we uh, single, single bag, bag and New York Times double bags. Double bags, really yeah. a problem. Maybe My New York Times is never dry. No, we'll stop our circulation. Yeah, yeah, I know. New York Times is your New York Times is always dry. Your Chronicle is always wet. Yeah, maybe they'll address that at the Baltimore Sun Wire version. All right, let's close out this uh, thrilling and educational thirty uh, third podcast by announcing that we will have live in studio. Well, I don't know if she's going to show up next week, but we're going to think she's going to try. We're bringing back. We're going back down the list. Question girl. Absolutely. That sounds great. You don't feel intimidated? No. Because this is not just some call from the Oregon area. I welcome it. This is Jen Go. Jennifer Gomez, ready to come in. Wait, is this the woman who gave you a, a robe? 
No. That's the, someone else. That was P. Page. Yeah. I wore that robe. Was this the woman who uh, I goofed loved on me? I that robe. Uh, no, I don't think Jen Go goofed on you. She's either. the one who lives in um, Twin Peaks or something, right? No, that's, a- that's Aaron in Twin Peaks. Okay. Who doesn't live in Twin Peaks? Right. I like Aaron. She's got a, she's got a very good sense of humor. I think Aaron's going to come in at some point, too. We have a, we have a whole pumped. list of question I'm girls. I love, I love the question girls. Yeah. And so uh, look forward to that. Next week, we have a possible appearance. Our first in-studio. we got to clean this place up. What should we do? Should we have some food or something? I think we should bring the bunting out, uh, special robes. Yeah. And um, maybe uh, this is a really, it's just a nondescript. Jennifer's really going to be disappointed by this, as am I. And there's a duck up there. It's like, what, we've got like a ma- is that a duck or a mallard, like some wooden thing? Yeah. What is that in here and for? a picture of Benny. And a picture, well, I've got to keep the pictures of Benny. Uh, but there's the, we'll, we'll spruce the place up for her. We got the first in, in pod cave appearance by a question girl. It's very exciting. Will you be promoting this on one of your blogs? One of my, one, one of my two or three blogs. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you bring TV, that up? TGTV, TGTV. RSS. <laughs> and that's for repetitive stress. <laughs> oh, the bastard machine, TGTV. It's, you know what? It's, um, you haven't pimped any of them today. I'm you very, know, I'm very not, proud I'm of you. Blogging instead. Blogging instead. What about podcasting? Well, podcasting's always been dead. By the way, I got a huge laugh at the seminar I went to during the break. Oh, you did take it like yes, an educational I, se- yes, seminar. Yes. And one no, of the two things I got to tell you. Okay. There's one huge laugh from our long standing uh, joke about podcasting is radio without the listeners. <laughs> and um, So true. And the other one is that we had someone there coaching us on how to read uh, stuff for, for online multimedia and stuff. Like <laughs> oh, that. God. Which words to emphasize? I was like in tears, like laughing. I was like, I'm just so off in so many ways. And you're like, you know, not only could I never do that correctly, but I, you've been through this. You've had boot camp training on this. You've been yes. mocked about your reading. Yeah. Did you, did you notice the improvement today? I did. It was spectacular. And our, and our three letters, you did a great job, especially the first one. You really got to it. And they weren't short letters either. No. That's usually what trips you up. The longer the letter... Right. Because I know you stop listening. I stop listening. I'm like, you know, I look over. It's just like Charlie Brown's teacher every time. Wah, 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 wah. So uh, anyway, all right. So that was a, again a thrilling 33rd uh, podcast. Tim Goodman's television talk machine, whatever the hell we call this show. Join us next week for the re- for the first appearance of Question Girl Jen Go. Yeah.